that. <laughs> You're listening to the Gimme Five Podcast, episode 192, side B. This is the Gimme Five Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast reviewing the things you love today and the things you loved yesterday until we got a hold of them. My name is Neil Tyson, and I'm joined by Ike Newton. Drop some gravity on your ass! <laughs> and Mike Faraday. Just like to mention, we also have a very special guest here. If, you're, if you hear grunting, snorting, and the general sounds of just, I don't know, mouth noises, uh, in it's my great. office, in my office right now, there is a French bulldog chewing on a bone behind me because I have to keep an eye on him. Sure there is. That's, that's, if you hear any sort of snorting throughout the thing, that is that. Yeah, right. That's sure. what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got you. Okay. Sure. Whatever you say, Greg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, man. Stop playing games. What else might we be hearing today, Greg? Uh, we might also be hearing our other special guest, uh, Nick Tesla, we'll go with. Woof, I mean, let there be lightning. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for joining us for the, our Side B episode. We are talking about, I'm super excited. I haven't seen this movie in forever. Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds You, you have to watch Paradise. it before we talk about it. You, you did watch it this week, right? I saw it in 1987 in the theaters. As did I. Was I supposed to watch it this week, too? Yeah, we'll just go with it. It. Would, it would help. I've been watching it on a loop for like 72 hours. So, yeah. I'm, I've definitely if he gets arrested it. at any point this week, that's his actual alibi. <laughs> I'm trying to be like my hero Poindexter. <laughs> Why did you decide to douse that bus in gasoline and light it on fire? Because I watched Revenge of the Nerds on a 72-hour loop. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about that movie because it's awesome. And of course, we're going to answer our Gimme 5 question of the week. And they're actually... And we might have a bonus list. I was going to say, there sounds like there might be a bonus for that too. Um, so this is a very special, super exciting episode of the Gimme 5 podcast. But I don't want to spoil anything, or should we? What do you think, Greg? Okay, so... Again, movie came out in 1987. It is a Revenge of the Nerds movie, so you pretty much know what, what's in it. Uh, oddly enough, oddly enough, two of us have seen this in the theater, unless you were kidding about that. I was not. Yeah, I saw it in the theater as well. Weird. And uh, we're going to talk about it. We are going to spoil it. We're not really spoiling much. It's Revenge of the Nerds Part 2. Purists, go away. Uh, let's, let's just get right into it. Jump on it. Uh, the movie is Revenge of the Nerds 2. This movie actually came out this week in 1987. It was direct, it was directed by Joe Roth, who was not summarily executed after completing this movie. He has gone on to actually do other movies, including Fast and Furious 9, which just came out. Really? Mm. Yeah. That's quite an arc. Right. 
It uh, stars Robert Carradine, Curtis Armstrong, uh, National Treasure Curtis Armstrong, by the way, Larry B. Scott, Timothy Busfield, Courtney Thorne-Smith. How did she have time to star in this movie when she was starring in all of your dreams? Uh, well, you know, my dreams don't pay very well, so she needed <laughs> money somewhere. And my also, she didn't are... know she was in, she didn't know she was in this. And my uh, dreams are Bradley, gross. So you were like so... stalking her, <laughs> maybe. Don't give Bradley Whitfield for the second week in a row mm-hmm. a pompous Bradley Whitfield. This was the other movie, I guess, that when we talked about last week, where someone said that he was thought he was going to get typecast mm-hmm. as an asshole. He did. Let's see, where are we here? I Ed lost all of the Ed Louder. Yeah, Ed Louder, Barry Sobel, Anthony Edwards, kinda, James Hong, and Priscilla Lopez. Real quick uh, thing that I that I immediately noticed because when we saw the movie back in the day, obviously we're not going to know what these actors are going to go on to do or mm-hmm. how, you know, and then not knowing who they were then, I didn't put it together, but Timothy Busfield and Bradley Whitford went on many, many years later in 1999, they started on a show called the West Wing and they, they, um, Bradley Whit- Whitfield was one of the main stars and Timothy Busfield had a pretty big role. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that show. It's one of my favorites of all time. I love that I've seen show. Season one. It's, I gotta get it. I've seen no season. It's very, very <laughs> well done. It's not a comedy of any kind. It has nothing to do with nerds. It's about like the you know, the president and things like that. Is is that is that the one with um Jeff Goldblum and Bill uh Pullman as the president? <laughs> what what is it? Yes, they fight aliens. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, no, but we're gonna go with yes for now. Yeah. <laughs> but I was I thought that was really cool. Like but the first thing I noticed was those two and it just it just kind of blew my mind to see how things, you know, evolve and change. And mm-hmm. and, and I would probably Wesley say the same thing with James Hong because I, his part in this is is funny and memorable. But like hearing his voice again, it was like, oh yeah. I mean, obviously, I know everything he's been in from Kung Fu Panda, Wayne's World, to all that stuff. But like, just got such a he's, he's got such a unique voice. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, and he was he was in another uh, another big movie. Well, for me anyway, right around yeah. this time, uh, Big Trouble in Little China because he Hell was yeah. uh, Lo Pan. Yep, yep. That's another movie that I saw in the theater. Just and we're saying lots of words that that Matt our our guest host actual name is Matt. Uh, he was not alive for these. He yeah. he was Which, not alive. No, but these absolutely anymore. should be movies that he should see. Yes. And I have seen. I watched little our Big Trouble in Little China with you. Uh, I guess I can do this. The synopsis real quick. The the rising college nerds set out to a convention in Florida, but are not welcomed by the Alpha Beta representatives, and it leads to a bunch of hilarity. Now, when I, when Rob and I and and Omar, of course, mentioned that we were doing the summer of '87 in order on the podcast, and I mentioned Revenge of the Nerds too, I believe. You immediately jump to it, Matt. Why? Uh, what? Well, it's just a fantastic movie, and <laughs> that is the Citizen Kane of nerd movies. <laughs> <laughs> Rosebud. As a nerd myself, nerd. I have to be a part of this. Hotel Coral Essex. Well, I was excited that you did that because I did, as we said already, I did see this in the theater. 
uh, I was looking at that year, and it was amazing, all of the, the classic movies that came out and all of the shitty ones that came out, and it occurred to me I only saw the shitty ones in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I literally saw Revenge of the Nerds 2 summer, and Summer School and one of the other bad ones in the theater, but I didn't see Adventures in Babysitting. Robocop Obviously, Robocop, Robocop and Predator I didn't because, you know, we, I was a kid, but... That's funny. I'm the same way. I saw the same ones as you and not. I didn't see Adventures was... in Babysitting in the theater. I saw it on... I got it from um, Video Extron in Boca, Florida. <laughs> I swear to God, that's what it was called. Video Extron. So we might have seen it in the same theater at the same time. Were you in... Did you... Had you lived in... You lived in Boca, I guess. Yeah, I was, I was in Boca, yeah. I, I, I moved in that... Boca... I moved to Boca in 80. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was four when we came to Boca. Because I, I saw it at that one crappy mall that was out west, or out east. It is now Meisner Park. Yes. It was Boca and Mall. I, I also yep. saw, I saw a bunch of movies there. I saw, like, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 there. Like, I saw, like, Risky Business. I, I had no supervision, apparently. Because... <laughs> 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 I think I saw Deep Throat there uh, when I was five. Um, Parents would just drop you off yeah. at the mall with They're a like, yeah, here's a, a pack of Swisher sweets. Here's and fifty bucks and an eight ball. Go have fun. <laughs> You're in first grade now. Go do your thing, buddy. <laughs> Romanian yeah. parenting. Yeah. <laughs> it's very. You know, a lot of those movies I saw with my parents, and so that's fun. Yeah, yeah, I saw this. I think I saw Revenge of the Nerds too with my grandmother. <laughs> and I... wow. Please tell me that you're joking. It, I'm. I'm Dead serious, because that's, as I said last week, because, you know, last week we were doing a movie that came out last week in 1987, that we were down in South Florida because we didn't live there yet, and my parents were looking for houses, so they needed to entertain me somewhere, so they, they brought me to see Revenge of the Nerds 2. Oh my god, that's my, so funny. With my very prim and proper grandmother. That's a, that must have been hilarious. That's anyway. funny, because now that I think about it, I think the same summer... 87 or maybe 88, I almost, my first concert, and remember, like, I'm, like, barely 10 or 11 years old, was going to be Pink Floyd, and at the last moment, my parents changed their mind, <laughs> and it turned out you that- You haven't it, spoken to them since. <laughs> well, it, it turned out that my <laughs> first concert did end up being Pink Floyd, but in 94. Wow. So, <laughs> But I almost went to the Delicate Sound of Thunder tour. I almost got away with was... it. My first concert, I was seven years old, and my dad took nice. me to Nice! Okay, there you go. That'll work. Okay. That's weird. I was at that concert, except I was, like, 25. <laughs> <laughs> we were well into our careers at that show, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's, that is our little story here. Uh, oh, Rob, what, what what is your story behind Revenge of the Nerds 2, other than the fact that my bonehead idea made you watch it? I I actually don't have one. <laughs> but you had seen this movie before, right? Um, yes. I I don't remember it, but I think I uh, blocked it out. <laughs> and that's funny that you say that, because as I was watching it, I remember a lot of the quotes and things that I still say today from that move, from this movie, like just little things that I remember um, mm -hmm. from, because of this movie, like hippie switch, you know, stuff like that. 
like the the be the loogie stuff exactly I mean. to truly hawk a loogie you must right like that stuff i'll never forget that <laughs> now i guess what we will do now let's uh just jump right into a little plot breakdown i think sure that i've scrolled around on my notes quite a bit <clears throat> now i'm at, i'm pretty sure i did not see revenge of the nerds one before i'd seen this movie but the opening of this movie does basically spell out the general types of nerds and it was because it was the 80s it was a different type of nerd whereas back then a nerds just meant people that were different so like the there was a nerd that was just a gay guy that was a crossdresser and that was why he was a nerd. Or... But no, because they're all really smart, though. They yeah, all... and, and smart as well. They are all smart. Well, eventually. They're smart in their own way. Because the, the big plot twist at the end happens. That's and that true. means that That's one's true. not as smart. But That's true. They are from the fraternity Lambda, 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 and at Adams College, a fictional college. And they decide that they're going to head down to a national fraternity convention in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Their best friend Gilbert, when they tell him or when they're talking about going down there, he cannot go because he broke his leg playing a game of chess. And oddly enough, do you know why he didn't go? He was he was actually kind of because he became out. a big fucking star because of Top Gun. That's why he well, he, he was also was written out that. of the movie because he he didn't like the script. Um. He didn't like the script. He thought that the first movie wrapped up everything really nicely and didn't think there was a need for a second one, but the first one did so well they had to do a second one. Um, but he agreed to be in it um, and to make it uh, okay for him. They just did a couple of quick scenes with him that he could come in and film in like a couple of days and he didn't have to go around too much because all of his scenes were just in the in the office of the of the dorm or the frat house or whatever. That is not true. Well, he had the one scene. Yeah. The one scene that at is. the, on the Island. Yeah. Where he was a, a dream sequence. Uh, yeah. They said he wasn't glowing blue, sadly. Uh, when they're introducing the nerd, well, when they're introducing the nerds, they, they do show them tossing like open condoms into a bag with like a t-shirt. For booger stuff, and I was like, "Did condoms actually ever get sold open, or was that just for the joke?" I think that was just the joke. Yeah, yeah, I think that was just for the joke. Um, there's also one thing, like the the fact that this movie takes place in Fort Lauderdale was interesting. One for me, I really wanted to see this movie because I was moving, you know, what three cities north of Fort Lauderdale, basically. But Fort Lauderdale was a big spring break location until like right after this movie, mm -hmm. and. I don't know if you remember all of the stuff that went on with that, but, like, the dude that cleaned it up was a dude named Doug Danziger. Oh, my God, I remember that name. Yeah. and I just remember the name Danzig. But that's <laughs> why I remember guy. it, because of Danzig, yeah. Doug Danziger was, um, he was in a uh, vice mayor, associate mayor, whatever, down there, and his, he was the family values person. And we're going to clean this up, and they were going to close down all the strip clubs, and we're going to do this, all this stuff. And then, Ooh. and and I knew him, really, because he was a State Farm representative for Fort Lauderdale. So I met him quite a bit because of because my mom worked for State Farm. Right. And then the Kathy Willits thing came out. Oh my God, I remember her too. Yep, where she was the police chief's wife that was 
having sex with a bunch of random people. He was staying, he was hanging out in the closet and videotaping it so that he could then blackmail them. And guess, <laughs> I remember none of this. I remember really? this. And guess who was in those videos? How come I don't get to meet people like that? Glenn Danzig. Glenn Danzig. Wait, for no, real? Doug Danzig. Oh, Doug Danziger was one of the people. No, not Glenn Danzig. <laughs> Glenn Danzig, uh, when he wants to have sex, he just summons a she-demon. <laughs> Has sex and then it just vaporizes again. And you walk in the room, you're like, "Why does it smell like sulfur in here?" And he's like, "I just had." Don't sex. worry about it. <laughs> That's the way it works. So that was my little connection to this, where it was weird because a lot of times these days, it's like you know they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do a movie and that's set in Fort Lauderdale or Miami," and then they film it in like Vancouver. You're like, "I don't remember the snow-capped mountains in the background of Miami," but I guess that's a thing. They used to do that. <laughs> You used to do it with that show Silk Stockings. It'd be like set in Miami, and it, they literally would have mountains in the background. No, but I but like even at the beginning of this show, when they show up in Miami and they're in the limo, I mean when they're in Fort Lauderdale, like Fort Lauderdale is twenty minutes south of me. But so like you know, three of us. I don't know, Matt, if you know this area, but that's legitimately Fort Lauderdale. You can tell if you've been there. There's no denying that's fucking Fort Lauderdale. Like they're, they're oh yeah, like the there. wall, the wall, that little exactly. wall. Yep. Although, on the other side, when they show, like, they show the wall, which is, like, B-roll, but when they show the actual limo, there's nothing but houses, and there's no way that the, that's not Fort Lauderdale. There's no way that there's that small of houses right on the beach in Fort Lauderdale. But this is, but remember, this is in the eight, late 80s. Uh, maybe. I think a lot of the, because if you go there now, and I've been there, like, very, very recently, like. Three hours ago. Like, well, I mean, kind of, but not. <laughs> 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 There's a lot going on. But anyway, what I'm saying is it's different now, but you can tell that the houses that are there now, like that whole area, and even when they show like an aerial shot of Fort Lauderdale, because I was paying attention, um, like it's even more developed. There's bigger buildings now, and there's like condos, and there's different things, but, but it's definitely that. So I wouldn't be surprised even if those houses that you saw, I think a lot of them were, were torn down to make bigger buildings and like mixed-use buildings and hotels. And gotcha. That. Here's the plot twist. I was born in Fort Lauderdale. Were you really? Nice. Yeah, Coconut Creek. Oh, sweet. Okay. Is it is it possible that your that your father might be one of the nerds from when they filmed this movie? <laughs> no, that would have been like a three or four year <laughs> gestation period. I guess not. There would have been a diff. Yeah, there's a little bit of a difference there. He's like an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do it, at this point when they there's a couple other little things before we actually get to Fort Lauderdale here. The booger's pickup line, I think it's at the airport, uh, where he's walking to the various women. I won't have sex with another woman until I'm back here in your arms. Until no. my head is between your breasts or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Smack. He moves on to the next one. Mm -hmm. I won't have sex with another That's such an 80s thing. And again, one of those things that will never, ever happen again. Nope. Uh, I mean, the reaction was right. And that the the very immense penises thing, that oh, little yeah. VIP joke, like that's total, like that has probably been in other movies, but I'm sure I've heard it here first. Mm -hmm. Oh, so I had the good. shirt that Booger was wearing, the smiley face with the bullet hole. <laughs> I had that. Yeah, I had that in middle school, like a year a year after this movie came out. I was wearing that shirt. I didn't even realize it until I saw the movie. <laughs> Man, you really did have no parental service. I, I could do whatever. Yeah, pretty much. It was, it was good times. 
and uh, James Cromwell, a fairly highly regarded actor, plays the father in this. Uh, okay, anyway, so they get down to Fort Lauderdale. They check in, they try to check into the Royal Flamingo Hotel. Uh, Lewis, the main nerd, is told that the the reservation was canceled by uh, Sunny, who is adorable. And I yes. love her, and we're just going to talk about her for the rest of the <laughs> episode. Um, because the hotel, well, there's two things. One, the hotel is like, we don't want a nerd staying here. But also, at some point, he's like... There's a part where he says the hotel's not doing well. Maybe because you don't want nerds staying there. Yeah. yeah. Maybe because you're turning people away, you jackass. Yeah. The nerds all worked for IBM and had money, so that's who you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is, there's a bunch of connections between this movie and the previous ones, one being Bradley Whitford. Uh, do you catch some of the other ones that, like, if you were to look at some of the recent movies we've watched and talked about, and people we've talked about. Did you catch any of the other ones here? Wait, say that again? This movie has, has some connections to, like, previous things that we've watched and talked about recently. You're talking about specifically actors? Uh, actors, vehicles, things like that. Hmm. Or, and in this case, a, uh, the mu a music person. Oh, yes. You mean uh, who has, like, a credit, like, for writing the music? For the yep. Yeah, Mark Mothersbaugh. Yeah, from uh, that uh, that we just did one like a couple of weeks ago that he he did the soundtrack for. Yep, from Devo. Yeah, from uh, Devo. And even Devo has said that the, Devo does one of the songs for mm -hmm. this soundtrack. Did the soundtrack to Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Did the soundtrack to Thor Ragnarok? Did the soundtrack to? I looked at the list. I tried to pick ones to write down, and they it was uh, expansive. Just some of them. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, uh, the Mitchells vs. the Machines. Did the soundtrack. He for did that. that too. Yeah, the Rugrats oh, wow. theme, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Pee-wee's Playhouse, of course. Uh, the other thing would be the the old ass Cadillac. In this, there's that they theoretically stole. We had a, a movie just last week with an old ass Cadillac that was stolen. Had an '80s caddy in high school, so that's why um <laughs> in the '90s my my car was a 1982 Cadillac, so that's why <laughs> I thought that the one in the movie was older than that. I thought it had those fins, if I recall. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I got to go back and look at it. Now, while the, while the nerds are checking in the hotel, one of them decides, I'll just check in. He finds out this stuff. But the other ones are off doing stuff. They're at the pool. Yeah. Hitting on girls. Well, almost all of them are hitting on girls. <laughs> yeah. Well, only <laughs> one of them's hitting on girls. The others are just kind of like following them around and drooling. Well, Lamar was checking out the pyramid of dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you had Poindexter just talking to the... The cardboard, cardboard. cutout. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's right. And, of course, again, this is an 80s thing. It's like, these people are the, the quote-unquote heroes, and one of them is very, very uh, touchy-feely rapey. <laughs> like, tracing him around and like, go away. And it's... I don't know that he ever actually touched anybody, though. I think it, I think it, was, it was all just, just verbal. Implied, yeah. Well, like, because they're like the guy who throws than... out the the guy who throws out a hundred a hundred invitations, knowing that the law of averages says that one but one person will accept. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I had a roommate that that would do that. I'm like, why do you ask every girl out at the bar? Like, eventually, someone's going to say yes. Okay, or you're going to get the police called on you. One of the two. Well, no, you can't get the police called for just asking somebody out. 
you need I mean, to you can you can get the police called if you start groping, <laughs> but yeah. but just for asking people out, they yeah. No. The chain the chainsaw in the background if you can hear it is the French bulldog by the way. <laughs> yes, we, we know you're I'm working just... on that drifter. <laughs> I'm chainsawing a drifter to pieces. Uh, the the nerds have to go find another hotel. Uh, and Poindexter finds a dilapidated hotel called the Hotel Coral Essex, which is in a very bad neighborhood that I'm pretty sure I accidentally drove through after a Van Halen concert. Uh, this is Wait. very much Miami to me. The Van That's... Halen concert you and I went to. Uh, it was the, no, we went to the balance store. This was for unlawful carnal knowledge and I almost died in Overtown. Oh, got it. Yeah. Well, you almost through, died with the, I'm you pretty almost... sure I drove through Overtown at one point as well. But they were both at Miami arena. Correct. That's why. And then, I don't know if you recall, but you almost died when, when you went with me because after we left the hard rock cafe at three in the morning, I fell asleep on the turnpike while I was driving. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it was so nice waking up in the car. and it, Thankfully, it was a giant-ass Cadillac. It could, that thing could have gone off of the highway, and we would have been fine. Oh, God. Anyway, I digress. Oh, look how nice, oh, look how cute Omar is when he's sleeping. Oh, shit! <laughs> he's driving! Oh, my God! There was three of us in the car, and we all had naps. It was yeah. great. <laughs> Fucking stupid. <clears throat> no parental anyway, supervision. It's amazing okay. we're all alive. Yeah, it's true. All right. Uh, so th this this hotel, there's it's scungy to say the least. What do, what do you guys got? It, I I had I had a distinct Miami feel when they when they uh, introduced the hotel. I'm like, I don't know that we're in Fort Lauderdale anymore. This this looks more more Cuba slash Miami to me. Yeah, definitely. Like pretty much everything except for the chickens. Like the chickens were a gag, but everything else seemed really accurate. I just want to know what was in the pool. Right, I was assuming alligator, but I like that little gag. Yeah, that's a gag that we've seen in other in other movies as well, like the um, what is it, the Last Dragon, where they have the thing in the tank that they never really tell you what it is. Yeah. The, uh, in this hotel room, they get the Ricky Ricardo suite. They walk in, it's got a body outline on it. <laughs> like, you know, Miami was it was a whole other world back then. It was. Yeah, you know, Miami Vice wasn't kidding. This wasn't kidding. It it wasn't until the '90s when it really started changing. Um, and I would say probably later in the, the '90s. Um, they get to the hotel when they get to back to the hotel or whatever. The um, you are introduced, of course, to Roger Lattimore or Latimer, who is Bradley Woodford. And he is the president of the Alpha Betas, the the preppy jock fraternity. Hmm. Uh, they're basically sitting around deciding, you know, how are we going to screw over these nerds? Basically, how are we going to get rid of them? And while this is while this conversation is happening, this is one of the longest pee scenes. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. I tried to look it up. I'm not sure what the longest pee scene is, but but during this entire scene, Ogre is taking a very long piss in the background. The the scene itself actually lasts one minute and forty six seconds. So is this is this what Matt, our urination expert, 
had to look up? It is. So should we do it right now? Yeah, we can. Matt, are you, are you ready? For do my you, special top five? Or? Your special top five as the the urologist of the G, of the Gibby Five podcast. <laughs> All right. The top not... five PP scene. Top five longest or just funny PP scenes in general. We're going number five, Tom Hanks and A League of Their Own. So when he's first introduced to the girls and he just has to go to the bathroom in the dugout, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, there's a urinal in the woman's dugout. <laughs> so yeah. Um, number four uh, is probably one of my favorite ones, Leslie Nielsen and Naked Gun. Nice. And what makes this scene just perfect is the fact that there's a press conference going on, and he leaves his microphone on. So yeah. while he's going to the bathroom, everyone can hear it. Which is great, because that's happened so much since the, <laughs> the era of Zoom. Uh, Including maybe to someone that is a host of this podcast. My number three can be split into two different movies, and that's going to be uh, Mike Myers as Austin Powers. Yes. Because <laughs> you have the scene when he first wakes up, and he just, after being in uh, frozen carbonation for so long, just has to go to the bathroom. But then you also have the one where he trips the power to the statue and has to mimic it so the guard doesn't catch him. Uh, my number two is Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds 2. And my number one ridiculously long PP scene is Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. When they're in the car <laughs> yeah, and he just yeah. keeps filling up the bottles. <laughs> I didn't do the research on this, but I think that's a pretty strong list and order. You didn't mention the asparagus bit in the uh, in the Austin Powers one. Well, I mentioned how he had just had to mimic the statue, but yeah, I didn't bring up the asparagus. Yeah, yeah, you got it, you got it. Because it's so random. So, just out of curiosity, do any of you happen to know what the world record for the longest P is? I don't, and I feel like you're going to tell me. I'm intrigued. I would say, I'm going to go and say uh, just a little bit below two minutes. No. Oh. I'm going a minute 25. The most recent one I can find, and the longest one that I can find, is 508 seconds, which is which is just under... Eight and a half minutes. Dear Lord. I have so many questions. That is a lot of pee. There's no way that person's bladder wasn't super distended. Well, and that that probably contributed to the time, because being that distended, it probably didn't have the elasticity that was needed to eject it quickly. And it was probably an older person, because after you get... after After men pass the age of 50 they their urine slows down they pee faster than women up until about the age of 50 and then they and then they start to slow down and they and women actually take the lead see this is the quality entertainment that the listeners come for (laughs) but that also makes me wonder because you're like you know after the age of 50 and all that that means there's like someone's grandpa was like i'm about to pee time me (laughs) (laughs) i got i got a record brewing (laughs) boy now, were they allowed to, like, continue drinking water while they were peeing, or had to be all at once? 
I don't think it would process that fast. It wouldn't process that fast. It is one continuous P. Well, I don't know about continuous. I don't know if it, if they do it like um like a league of their own where it kind of dribbles out, drip, 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 and then the stream starts again. I would imagine that the, that the rules would be that it has to be a continuous stream. <laughs> there's there's a judge out there that is like that that's their job. They go around to pubs all over the country and with a stopwatch. <laughs> all right. Guinness World Records. Yep. Let's go. <laughs> Great. Okay, so the the nerds or or the uh evil frat guys are plotting. Uh it is interesting when you join like being a part of a fraternity and being being a nerd that was in a fraternity. I there were people that would aspire to being those assholes. Like even within the same fraternity. <laughs> like why? <laughs> They're the bad guys. Why would you do that? Yeah, but the chicks dig them. Uh so they head to the uh Pre-conference? Yes, they do. The, oh, the, the the jackasses? I mean, in real life, they do. Uh, they head to the pre-conference, pre-conference barbecue, and the uh, alphas give the lambdas the wrong information. And this, even back then, I thought this scene was really weird. Because of the ancient Mayan temple situation. Yeah. Because there weren't Mayan temples in Florida, and unless Omar knows something, I don't. No, they weren't Mayan temples. They were seminal. They were supposed to be seminal, and I'm like, yeah. uh, he he says I don't it. He know. says seminal. Yeah, I don't but know just the, where the, they the are, style. but they like walk through the woods or some shit. Yeah, they're like in the, they're like in the Everglades or something. <laughs> yeah, but like the the carvings on there's like bricks and things like that, and it's you know the the Seminoles didn't live in that. Type of thing. It looks like the the Mexico section of Epcot. That's you're right about that. That's true. Which is it was just weird. And I remember back then, you know, I was you know what uh, ten. I was like, that's weird. But it's all a, a gag, basically, to scare off the nerds who theoretically should be smart enough to realize that 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 none of that is realistic and real and correct. They're scaring them off and saying, you know, get out of our of Seminole County or country or whatever. Uh, and they do a whole thing where they're gonna like where they throw bikini-clad women to the fire and mm-hmm. uh, and the nerds, and then they turn on all the lights in the middle of the Everglades apparently, and there's like they're on a bridge with a bunch of alligators. It's like it, it's just a weird sequence that if it couldn't convince a ten-year-old that it should have been in the movie, I'm not sure if it should have. Been. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, they run back to the hotel, and this is where you really get to know Mr. James Hong, also known as Snotty. (laughs) (laughs) Who teaches Booger some new tricks. He's the spiritual leader of the group. I watched, like, a breakdown of this sequence, like, specifically, where they were just talking about the two actors, James Hong, who's a very good actor, and... Do the place booger, um, whose name I just said a second ago, but don't remember. And how he like just the way he like picks up, he's like, "Man, this room is filthy," and he's like, "Guys, like, thank you." And he picks up the the aluminum can that's on the thing and like blows some nastiness off of it and takes a drink from it. <laughs> <Disgusting>. <laughs> yeah, 
probably all cigarette water at that point. Yeah, right? It's like it's like uh, cigarette tea. Like, just little gags like that, and, like, those Curtis interactions. Armstrong. Curtis Armstrong, there we go. Those interactions are great. Um, they were just hamming it up. They were totally playing into the nastiness. And Also, he's referring to him as, like, after they do this, like, burp situation, which I, I don't remember if this happened here or later, but there's, like, this whole burp competition thing. It was that same scene. It was. Mm-hmm. And uh, Snotty <clears throat> starts, starts calling him my son. And when I was a kid, I actually thought that, he, like, Booger had found his long-lost father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like, funny. and I had forgotten about that until that sequence. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I did think that that was like he meant like my son, like real my son. Yeah. Hmm. So the next day is the opening of this convention, and Roger, uh, he's the he's Bradley Whitford. He announces a new bylaw that basically is supposed to add a physical attractiveness uh, claim, uh, requirement. Yeah. No. Not attractiveness, just uh, uh, physical, physical, fitness. physical fitness. To the uh, being allowed to be in the, the chapter charter fraternity thing. And, of course, the nerds are not, so they're about to complain, and they're like, you'll have your... Yeah. Yeah, so they're we're gonna get kicked out. So they're gonna about to complain, and they're like, "You can complain in a little bit." At which point, they announce a wet T-shirt contest in thirty seconds. Yep, and everybody runs out of the the meeting hall, including the other nerds. By the way, if you look in the background, yeah, they did. Everybody, everybody bolted. That but they know they know how to get. Or well, I. I'm honestly surprised that their method worked because they come up with a plan to to get this voted down because it has to be voted on. They throw this amazing party at the hotel oral sex, um, <laughs> and they do like a Beastie Boy a Beastie Boy style rap. That's that's uh what is it? No on fifteen. Vote vote yep. no on fifteen. Which which oddly enough wasn't that wasn't that one of the wasn't that the proposition. Proposition 15 in California. Was it 15? Yeah. Oh my God, that's funny. That's, I think it was. They should have pulled that out. Oh, shit. Yeah. That song. What, wait, so, wait, 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 wait. There was one that was Prop 8. All right. you. Maybe it was Prop 8. I want to say that there was a Proposition 15 somewhere. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so they do this, this party. They, they knock the sign out. So it says instead of Hotel Coral Essex, it's Hotel Oral Sex. Causing, you know, people like, whoa, let's go here. Hot oral sex. It's actually not hot. It's hot oral sex, not hotel oral sex. Right. Um, I love how, like, they introduce the owner of this hotel. is kind of like scary, like, oh, the scary Hispanic woman kind of. <laughs> like, where they, where they, where they say, uh, yo, I'm blue English. And she's like, okay, you speak English. <laughs> 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 I love that character. That, that, that was funny that cracked me up and but she's like really game to kind of do anything they're like you know she's got she's they're like messing with the sign in the hotel and she's leaning on the wall like oh, i don't know why this is gonna work but okay so what, what did you say you didn't think it would work you didn't think that it would cause the other the other fraternities to vote for them right i didn't i didn't feel that it because that all of all of the 
all of the fraternities at the meeting seemed like, yeah, let's get the nerds out of here, screw the nerds, whatever. And I don't feel like having one party would be one th would be something that was like, yeah, no, let's vote no on 15, whatever. Yeah, the nerds are cool. You uh don't understand the power of a white boy rap, do you, sir? I do not. Yeah, that's that is one of your flaws. <laughs> Next time you need to convince someone of something, pull out I need the turntable. White boy rap. You do. I will. I'll do the turntables, and you can start rapping. We'll see what we can convince people to do. Wear my hat on a forty-five degree angle. Yep, like the cool kids. I'll measure. Right. I'll pull out a protractor and everything. Um. See. So the next day, when the when the vote fails, Roger changes his tactics and he just says, "Okay, we are now going to work together, us and the nerds. We're going to have a rule that basically, if anyone does anything, I guess, morally improper or illegal, that then they'll get kicked out. Right? But not that. And the nerds are like, well, since these people are constantly screwing with us, this will kind of keep them from doing that." But everybody can see the writing on the wall. Not them, but everybody watching can see what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, They're also given a nice new hotel suite mm -hmm. at, uh, at yet another hotel. And um, Booger is going to visit his, uh, we'll say father, but not really. That's, his and mentor. That's, yeah, his mentor. That's his actually mentor. where he gets taught to hawk a loogie. His spiritual advisor. Spiritual mm -hmm. advisor. If I ever got a spiritual advisor, I'd be like, first thing you need to teach me is how to hawk a perfect loogie. Uh -huh. And they get very Karate Kid in this section. With the fly buzzing yep. around? Yep. And he pins the fly to the wall mm -hmm. with his loogie. I've been trying to do that for 30 years. In and James story. Hong is like, you are ready, my son. <laughs> in a related story, I would not touch any of the walls in Omar's place. No, it's just not everywhere. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's not. It is my not last It's pretty gross. That's... My last college apartment had a very bad mosquito problem. So every time I killed a mosquito, I would just leave it squished to the wall. <laughs> and I would take post-it notes and draw little word bubbles and have them, like, saying stuff. This is a warning to the rest of your buddies. <laughs> yep. Ouch. Oh, yeah. And whatnot. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the nerds get to go to the beach. You get to see Sonny again. Courtney Thorne-Smith. Take a moment. In a bikini. Oh, my gosh. She's the best. I said we're taking a moment. I want to hear none of you. <laughs> you don't want to associate yeah. my voice with her? That's weird. <laughs> I don't understand why. <laughs> the dulcet tones of Omar. Uh, hey. Yep. Hey, Greg. And he gets to put sunscreen on her back. And hey, Greg. It's he Courtney likes... Thorne-Smith. How you doing, baby? Oh, God. You've, <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've ruined <laughs> orgasms for me. <laughs> Boy. Boy. <laughs> I also uh, do BMW work. <laughs> polish the chrome. <laughs> oh, I can't do this. I can't. I can't do this with you people. Well, we've we've almost we've got Omar to quit twice in two episodes. Uh, anyway, yeah, there's the sunscreen thing. They, you know, he's he's nervous now. Of course. He kind of had a girlfriend from the last movie, but they kind of just forget about that. Um, well, actually... I was wondering what happened to her. She, uh, she actually refused to reprise her role as Betty because in the original script, 
Betty is caught cheating on Lewis. And she felt that it that it kind of betrayed the change in her character from the first film because she she made great character changes in the first movie. Yeah. Like she had a complete turnaround of her character. And she felt it kind of betrayed the changes that that her character went through in the first in the first film. And Joe Roth actually offered to have the scene rewritten, but she still refused to be in the movie. She actually ended up returning for the following sequels. Um, and he's actually shown packing a picture of her in the beginning of the film. Oh, that's right. He throws kind a of, picture of her in a suitcase. Right, which kind of implies that they're still together. And he tells a couple of people in the movie, you know, that I have a girlfriend. I have a girlfriend. I'm a nerd. I have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, when he first meets Sonny, though, he even said he had a girlfriend. Right, but it also implies that now Lewis is the one who's cheating because, you know, it's implied that he cheats on Betty with Sonny. Yeah. But does he ever really do anything other than put whatever on her back? Some... We don't know. We shall find out. Ooh. Ooh. That was good. Okay. Now, I love that there's so many actors that are taking these like strong moral stands about the script of a Revenge of the Nerds movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is... I don't fit that fits my character's moral disposition. This is my Citizen Kane. <laughs> I can't... <laughs> oh my god, I read another news... St- little aside here, because I have, to, I have to mention this. I read another news story today that... Um, there was an actor who actually um, panned uh, Black Widow and said that they were embarrassed for Scarlett Johansson for being in it and that. admits that he has not seen the movie. He just said, from what I've seen so far, I'm embarrassed for Scarlett Johansson. And, and it's I the same be- freaking actor that currently does uh, uh, vape commercials. Yep. What? Yep. Fucking Steven Dorf. Oh, who Stephen Dorff. Who hasn't okay. done a real movie in, I don't know, 20 years? He's not. He doesn't count as a person or an actor. Yeah. He, that's not. Okay. I read that. I was like, are you kidding me? Okay. Come on, dude. <laughs> talking, about, talking about superhero movies. It's like, you were in Blade, you dick. I, I, I was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was that? Blade? It was like the third one, wasn't it? Or Blade? Uh, he was in Blade 1. Was it the first one? Yeah, he was in the first I, one. He was the bad guy. I remember. First. I just can't remember which one. Come on, yeah. dude. Okay. Okay. So we're moving along here. They, of course, basically Roger uh, convinces uh, Sonny and some other girls to take the nerds out to go pick up some liquor at a real place. Talent Liquors, by the way. Uh, Is that where it was? Yeah. And uh, they, while they're out in the car, the old Cadillac we talked about, they call the police and say, oh, this car was stolen, and now they can kick the nerds out of the fraternity council. Right, because they get arrested for doing something illegal, but Courtney Thorne, or is it Courtney Thorne Smith who bails them out? Yeah, well, there's a, but there's a reason though, and so Courtney Thorne Smith does because with Stewart, and Stewart is pissed off because when they're back at the hotel celebrating that the nerds are gone. One, uh, they tell Ogre that Stewart called <laughs> called him a homo, which. It can't be an 80s movie without a... a uh, gay slur. A, a gay slur, yeah, gotta have those. Because there's nothing worse than being a homo, apparently. And they toss him off of the balcony into the pool. Yeah, like so the att- second or third floor. <laughs> yeah, so like attempted murder, basically. Yeah. Uh, and that, of course, and then Stuart, who had been seen earlier in the movie because he was helped out by the nerds, he goes with Courtney Thorne-Smith or Sonny to go rail them out. Uh, almost immediately, they get kidnapped, stuck on a boat, and brought out to an abandoned island, which is, what, like, 40 miles away from Fort Lauderdale or something? 
Yeah, 45. something like that. Interestingly enough, did you know that that is the actual island where they shot the opening sequence of Gilligan's Island? No kidding. Second and third season. Interesting. What's the um? What do do we know what island it is? Uh, Jubal's. You know, you what did you uh, just you said the second. The actual island is off of Hawaii. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not for a lot of dale. But where they where they shot the sequence though. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's just for the opening shot, the like the credit stuff. Okay. So, anyway, they get dropped off on this island. Um, interesting little sequence happens where the ogre's like, "Yeah, it'll be awesome. We'll tell everyone we did this," and I'm uh, telling everybody. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, then we can't because that's illegal. And he's like, "No, I'm gonna tell everyone anyway." It's freaking awesome and they toss him off the boat too ogre can't swim so attempted murder again which is mm -hmm. funny that that he tried to kill someone he was a terrible person at all the movies but as soon as someone tries to kill him all of a sudden he's like well i guess i'm yeah, i guess we can cheer him on as a hero now uh one of the nerds goes out and rescues him brings him to the island and they're still kind of distant from him but when booger finds some uh marijuana marijuana on the, the on the island. island. Uh, what's the thing he says that what he said in the first movie as well? I forget. We've got Bush. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Different meaning this time, but yeah. They get all deep, and then it gets time to to ogre for ogre to be deep. And I think that's one of my favorite gags in movies is the the person being way too deep after smoking pot in a comedy. Possibly because I've seen that quite a bit. And and ogres listening to them, not understanding what the hell they're talking about, and then he just says some. What is D A D actually spells dog? Yeah, <laughs> and everybody's like, Whoa. everybody's like, what? and I'm like, what? <laughs> but if you look at his face when he's doing that, he's like, oh, I wonder if they're buying this shit. Yeah, he's like, exactly. He's like, well, fuck, is this working? And then they're like, wow, and he's like, oh, cool, okay, they bought it. <laughs> yeah. That's deep. But did they actually buy her? They just going along with it. I feel like they bought it. I feel like they were like. I feel like they bought yeah, it. The yeah, the way I think that I think that was intent. It, the I think that was the intent that they. I think I, I got the feeling it was we bought it because we didn't want to anger our new ally. No, I got the feeling that they actually bought it. I I think the marijuana affected them far more than it did ogre, and they were just like. While they uh, sleep. Uh, our lead nerd has a dream about... Is it Gordon? Is that his name? Uh, Gilbert. 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 There you go. It's a dream about Gilbert where he's like, you know, you can't quit. And also, you're treating Sonny like an asshole. You know, Sonny is also with them. She has, she jumped in the water and was like, yeah, they tricked me into getting you arrested, basically. And basically saying, Gilbert's saying, don't be a dick. Go get her. And it's like, wait a minute. What about What about his girlfriend? What about Betty? Nobody mentions Betty. It's like Betty's gone, other than the one picture that he packs up at the beginning of the movie. I forgot I about to that. Reference... I agree. I, I completely forgot she existed. Do I need to reference the Courtney Thorne-Smith clause? Mm. Yes, please do. Because it doesn't matter if it's Courtney Thorne-Smith. Oh, okay. Everyone knows this. Including your wife? Don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. She'll, she'll understand. Um, 
Everybody gets one, and that's your one, apparently. Yeah. Of Melrose Place fame. Uh, okay, so while they're on the island, they figure out that this, that, you know, because they're nerds and they figure out everything, that this is a place where a Cuban defector has hidden a bunch of military equipment that was never found. From, from Cuba? From uh, Cuban military equipment. Very, very um, important to remember that. On an and, island. And actually, oddly enough, the, the court, when they're figuring out where they are and he's using the sun or whatever to figure out their latitude and longitude. The, the coordinates that he gives are apparently the coordinates for the Fort Lauderdale Airport, by the way. They couldn't check it on MapQuest back then. Yeah, they had to do some research for that. That's pretty good. Yeah. So they, uh, they decide to build a metal detector, which is not that far off because they, they referenced one of those earlier in the movie. But it's like, you know, there's like coconuts and like very Gil Gilligan's Island. Yeah. And they, they wander around. They eventually find all of this Cuban stuff. And uh, they make their way back to the hotel where there's um, another meeting taking place to officially kick the nerds out. And someone take us out here. They, they interrupt the meeting by driving through the meeting <laughs> hall, through the wall with this amphibious vehicle that looks an awful lot like like army issue. Um, and they're all wearing U.S. Army fatigues. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but in the credit scene where they're like, you know, doing the close-up picture of the people and then putting their name on the screen, they use the scene for Poindexter and they put his name on the screen. But Courtney Thorne Smith is standing right next to him. And so they've got a close-up and her right boob is in the picture. And her, her um, green camouflage bikini top actually says U.S. Army on it. And this is all the stuff that they were supposed to have gotten from the, from the stash of oh Cuban God, shit. So <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice that. That's hilarious. So they drive the amphibious vehicle through the meeting hall and into the pool where they have the big standoff with the Alpha Betas and they try to get Ogre back on their side. Ogre doesn't get on their side. And the Alpha Betas actually turn everyone else against them and they end up not voting for them. Nerds win. Yay! So I have a huge problem with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's not the fact that the nerds end up triumphant. It's the fact that they drove a tank through an entire building causing millions in damages and nothing happened. Yep. Oh, and, possible, and into the pool. Like murder. Like they, nobody died? <laughs> mm -hmm. There's your reason right there to expel the Lambda Lambda Lambda. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> yep. point. That's a great point. <laughs> There's a couple things here. Okay, first of all, Bradley Woodford is like, you know, trying to get Ogre back, like you said, and he's saying, oh, look, you've got a pansy on your team. So another homophobic slur. Uh, there's a geek and a pervert, which they're right about that part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's funny, though, is I put my, I was typing out the notes on my phone, as you've seen me do, and I, at this point, I figured, it, you know, end of the movie, I don't really need to type anymore, but I, so I put my phone down on my stomach because I was watching it in bed. And when I went to look at my notes today, my stomach typed. typed. Uh, Bring me tacos? <laughs> no, my stomach typed. Oil. <laughs> oh, my God. He typed oil, poop, poop, penis, I'm. <laughs> Dude, what are you looking up on your phone? What are you doing? Oil, poop, poop, penis, I'm. Oh, like my I am. God. And then I picked up my phone, and apparently afterwards I typed punch, because... 
So my that's my new password. If anyone needs to break into my stuff, oil, poop, poop, penis, I'm. Um. Oh, and uh, I did like the the random black fraternity that shows up and is like, I want to hear what they have to say. Well, no, that's not random. a random black fraternity. They're the Trilams. Remember, in the first movie, yeah, yeah, they yeah. needed somebody. They needed somebody oh. to support their charter, mm-hmm. and they the the Trilams let them join their fraternity, and they became the Adams College branch of oh. the Trilams. Oh. Yeah. Because I didn't, right. I, I don't, rem- yeah, I don't remember the first movie all that well at all. I, I actually had to look it up because when I saw them, when I saw them in, in the, um, in the hall, they were wearing their yellow shirts and they had the three, the three lambda symbols. And I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, I thought the nerds were the trilam. And then I looked it up and I'm like, oh, that's different, right, different chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they lost their, they lost their charter in the first movie, and they had to get a sponsor for the second, or they had to get a sponsor in the first movie, and it was the. It was the Trilams that actually sponsored them, and that was the am first. I, am I the only actual fraternity nerd in this currently talking right now? I, yeah, I, I was never. In I wasn't in a fraternity. No. I've never paid for one, but I was part of one. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. What do you mean? He just showed up to the parties. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I was an honorary dude. Member. Whatever gets you into the parties, who cares? Yep. But I, 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 I was. I didn't care about that. I was still playing live music at the time, so I didn't give a shit about fraternities. The parties were probably great. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so that closes out our movie. They do, of course, have one last little scene, which is them getting Ogre to join the the nerd fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yay! I remember that being like a big deal back then. Yeah, that was on that was on par with you know Darth Vader turning good. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. That was a big one. And and you said before about how how Ogre is this horrible person committing like attempted murder and stuff. I don't I don't know that that's actually Ogre's character. I think Ogre's character is just a a doer, a pleaser, and he's just doing what he's told, and he's not smart enough to figure out that he's yeah. being used that's or that what it. he's doing is wrong. And I think that's he's a meathead. Yeah, and I think that's where they were going with his character. And now that he and you know and now he's got good direction from the uh, nerds. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie made $30.1 million in the box office. Uh, apparently, six of those dollars came from Omar and myself, mm-hmm. and three of them came from my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the original one made $60.4 million, which, you know, counting for time passage and all that stuff, was pretty big. Mo- pretty big for a movie that had very little budget. Uh, this movie, Nerds 2, had a $10 million budget. So... It made, you know, three times its budget, so go nerds. Absolutely. Um, there was... Anyone else have anything they want to say about the nerds before we go into the history side of things? Are we all good? Good. Yeah, we're all good. Uh, I, we're think, good. Well, I think we're good. So one of the characters, um, now I don't know if you noticed it, Greg, but is very similar to one of our friends. Uh, Rob and Omar haven't met him, but Poindexter reminds me a lot of Travis. Yeah, I can see that. I, 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 yeah, I see that a little bit. All right, I definitely have to meet Travis. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> There's a, the, Travis is is such a real human version of a character. Like he's he's such a character that he he reminds me of a lot of people. He's like a human version of Unikitty. In my mind, hmm. 
of Unikitty? Unikitty from the Lego movie? No kidding. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I want to party with that guy. <laughs> yeah, you, you do. He's, he's a good person. Uh, did we figure out any history? There's... Uh, dude. There's so much going on. I mean, do you want... I actually have the top ten movies. I was going to say, do you want to go movies, music, history? Do you want to, like... I mean, you want to do the... Jump on uh, the movies. The, jump on the, the movies. Li- the list I put up there, the list I put up there was wrong. I do have the correct list here in front of me. Um, this movie actually came out at number one. So Revenge of the Nerds 2 was number one the week it came out. Uh, number two was Full Metal Jacket in, in I think it's 11th week on the charts. Um, Dragnet was number three. Adventures in Babysitting was number four. Inner Space was number five. Witches of Eastwick was six. Beverly Hills Cop fell to seven. Spaceballs fell all the way to number eight from third. (laughs) The Untouchables was number nine. Roxanne was number 10. And Predator fell just outside the top 10 at number 11. Spaceballs is one of my all-time favorites. It's so good. Spaceballs is such a good one. Absolutely. I'm sorry, Full Metal Jacket was in its third week, not its 11th. It was 11th the previous week and moved up to number two. Huh. Weird how that happened back then. It's all... Where they was just opening up in new theaters and stuff because they didn't wide release. Mm-hmm. Interesting music. Oh, you want to go music? Um, a few. Let's we're running see. Off. We're running out of time. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to do a lot. There's on here. I mean, I have it open on another screen, but on here I just have there's five that that somebody filled in on the actual our thing. Don't disturb this groove by the system. Songbird by Kenny G. Shakedown by Bob Seger is number three. I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston was came in at number two. And number one was Alone by Heart. But a quick quick aside, that week I just kind of like went into it a little bit. Um, number 13 on the charts was um, Girls, Girls, Girls mm-hmm. by Rob's theme song. At the dollhouse yeah. in Fort Lauderdale. Exactly. It all comes full circle. But I was looking at the... I haven't listened to that record in forever, and of course I listened to it a million times back in the day. But this is a crazy good album. <laughs> I think it's a really, really good album. Like, I'm just looking at the set list right now, and... Th- but this is the same summer, like I just said, like, I Want to Dance with Somebody. This is the same summer as Joshua Tree by U2. The um, Shakedown, the one that was, I believe, number three. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the... That's by Bob Seger, but do you remember what movie that was for? Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. Like, there's so much unbelievable stuff. I'm not a big Kenny G fan, you know what I'm saying? But he made his mark in music, and he's, here he is at number four with Songbird. Like, this is an amazing week. And he gets it, by the way. He's like, he's if you follow him on Twitter, which I do, because he's funny as hell. Is he really? Like, he understands. Yeah, he's he's funny. He's like, yeah, I know I'm this act guy. Just, yeah, make fun of me all you want, but your parents probably had sex with each other to my song and that's why you're here right and, beca- <laughs> and, and because of that song i had tons of sex so fuck you buddy <laughs> right like yeah no that's fair i mean he hey as long as he gets it but even in the news there's a lot going on there's like this is it's the summer so it's wimbledon um bet midler has this huge lawsuit against ford motor company because of a tv commercial um this is all the same week kylie minogue releases locomotion which at the time was that song was like everywhere for those of you that might not remember. Um, Rookie of the Year award is renamed to honor Jackie Robinson. That's cool. Yeah, 
Right. Um, Steve Miller gets a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Taiwan ends 37 years of martial law, which to us doesn't really mean anything, but the, this, these are like huge events that, that are going on. At this point, people don't realize that like the, the stuff that's going on in the news in the late 80s was, it was massive. Like there was such huge, huge change going on. Um, I, I, being in the middle of it, it's hard. It's, I think it's hard to see, but knowing where it ends up with, you know, like the fall of communism and stuff, it's kind of happening. Yeah, now. I mean, late eighties was when the Berlin Wall came. Absolutely, down, that was two years later. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 crazy. There's so much interesting stuff. Now these, and I'll do one more. I don't know if you have this one, um, but this was the day, the exact day this came out was the day that the uh, that Oliver North admitted that they were shredding documents, which was a huge deal. <laughs> That's which a was huge a huge deal. deal. That's massive. That's unbelievable. Um, yeah. That's what she said. There was also some, there was some interesting, like, not in the world, whole scheme of things, but, like, little things about, like, you know, flying American flags on Kuwaiti freighters and mm -hmm. stuff like that, which, which, of course, three, four years later was a bigger deal. But um, we got to do some more stuff here, uh, like a top five list, like an actual top five list. Hmm. Can I do nine? I think we do need to do a top five list. I have six, 16. Is that okay? And my <laughs> no more pee time. Yeah, no, no more pee. Now my uh, question: I determined this, and I was driving pretty much when I thought of this, and I told Rob to pose it to the chat room without actually looking at myself, and it turned out that it was actually really hard for me. But Rob said it was easy. Um, yeah, I listed like six of them before I even started looking. Therefore, shit I am wrong, and I'm going to probably have messed up on my list because I it, this was not only hard to research, but it was a hard to just pull stuff out of my head. In fact, I, everything I picked was just pulled right out of my brain. To me, this was the most difficult one by far. It was so hard to find anything. Yeah, so the question is, that we're talking about sequels where they decided that for the sequel to work, they needed to take the stars or people on vacation or away from you know their home base. Now, I do have a question, even though I asked this question. Uh, do the vacation movies count, considering they're all about vacations? I put that as an honorable mention on mine, just because of that. I would say you could count it because they're not all on vacation. Because the, Christmas the most one popular home. one was actually at home. Yeah. The Christmas one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's good because well, if you yeah. need it, you can count. I counted it. mine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So who, who's going? Should we uh, let's let's do Alec first. We'll start off with some patrons. Hey, Give Me Five Podcast. It's Alex. Top five uh, sequels that take place on vacation. I gotta be honest, this is a harder one for me. I haven't seen some of the movies that probably would get mentioned by other people. So anyway, here's my, my best attempt at a list. Number five, I put a Beverly Hills Cop 2. It kind of qualifies as on vacation. He's not there strictly for vacation, but he does seem to have a good time, so I'm using that one. Number four, Meet the Fockers. I believe they're on vacation. That one that was pretty funny. Uh, number three would be Toy Story 4, tied with National Lampoon's European Vacation. I think both of those movies are, are fun movies. Number two, Home Alone 2. So second straight week, Home Alone's made my list. And number one, I know they don't go anywhere, but it's technically still vacation. Number one, Christmas Vacation, uh, one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies and vacation movies. Hope it's, hope it's a good list. Thanks. Excellent work. Yeah, that was good. Strong again. Always. 
Yeah. So, uh, well, we have another patron here. Matt. Oh, that's right. I have a patron. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes forget. All right. So my top five, as I said before, I had the National Lampoon series as just an honorable mention. Um, Euro Vacation was very funny, though. So that would be a, an actual vacation one. But and to my actual list, number five, I'm going with Martin Lawrence, Hilary Duff, and Keeper by the Dozen 2. Okay. It's a little bit more obscure one, but it was, to me, it was funny. Number four, um, just this entire movie franchise was funny, but it kind of got stupid and stupider. But The Hangover Part 2, let's go to Thailand. Okay, yep. All right, and kind of going into the theme of nerds, number three, The Inbetweeners 2. If you haven't seen it, it's a stupid, funny movie about, like, four college friends and just the shenanigans that they get into, and they're all nerds. All right. My number two is, of course, the movie of the week, Revenge of the Nerds 2. Mm -hmm. And then my number one is an actual recent movie, Spider-Man Far From Home. There it is. I was wondering if anyone was going to get that one. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Damn. Yeah, there's my top five. I actually got it in for once. Well, I guess I can go, since some of the ones that I figured out. Uh, And I didn't actually order mine, but I'm going to do it on the fly here. Because that's apparently the thing we do. I'll say uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation is my number five. Uh, They didn't actually... Now, was European Vacation a sequel, or was that the original? Uh, it's Vacation is the first one. The okay. one where they're driving to Wally World, I think. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yes, that's the first one. Yeah, it's the sequel. They're going to Europe. I put this one in there. I'm starting to think it's not supposed to be there. Uh, Die Hard 2, because he's about to go on vacation, but I don't think he makes it. No, he is no. on vacation, because that yeah, is on my list. No, he right. he's from New York. He, there's a, There's a line in the movie that actually qualifies it. Because what it is, is he's a cop in New York. He quit his job to move out to L.A. to be with his wife. And they're visiting her parents in D.C. He and the kids came early. She, you know, suppose, um, I guess the theory is that she had to work or something and she was coming after them. So he was meeting her at the airport with his mother-in-law's car that gets towed. So they're actually headed to vacation at her parents' house. Okay. That counts. Okay. That's my number four. Uh, number three, we'll go with Karate Kid Two. You motherfucker. Uh oh shit. I am a yeah Karate Kid Two. You know, nice little Okinawan vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Toy Story mm-hmm. Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, got to pack up the kids in the RV, and then uh, number one, Spider Man No Way Home. Another nice little European vacation. Far from home. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah far no from Way Home, home isn't out yet. Far from home. Night number one. Okay. All right. Who's next? Is it? Am I the last one? Uh, no, Rob. Nope. Rob went to Rob. Go ahead. You want? You want to go? Or you want me to go? That doesn't matter. I can go. All right. I'm gonna let you go. Well, when Omar starts lifting off all twenty of his top fives, I'm gonna let we you can, go last. Just like and Rob, you go last. Okay. Here, here's why. Because I'm not sure that all of mine are vacations. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure they are, but I'm not 100% sure. Colton, I did pick pretty good movies, so um, I'm gonna start with my number five, Rush Hour Two. I feel like they were on vacation, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I think they went for work, but we'll let it. Thank slide. you, because you might have to do that one or two more times. Um, if I recall correctly, my number four, it was a vacation that went terribly wrong. Was Evil Dead Two? It's been a while, but I. Think it was a vacation. I should have researched it a little better. Um, number three was taken two, and I believe that was the one in Istanbul, if I recall. And I think that was a vacation. I think that was that that I'm pretty sure that was a vacation. Um, number two, one of my favorites, and this one I'm not positive, but Jewel of the Nile, which was part two for Romancing the Stone. I love both of those movies so much, and I know they're like in North Africa somewhere, and I'm pretty damn sure that was a vacation. I know the first one was because they ended up in like Colombia or whatever. And my number one, mm. my number one was European vacation because that's just the best. And if you've ever been to Germany and those places, like, like those freaking those those jokes are spot on for for those areas. Mm. Like they are spot on. Like I was dying when I was watching that movie. It's, it's so good. Um, that is my very, very poorly done top five. Excellent. I stand by. I'll it. accept it. Well, Rob, we'll take, take us home. All right. Um, I do have a couple of honorable mentions. I can't believe. Well, I can. It, it wasn't a fantastic movie, but uh, my honorable mentions will be Nerds Two and Police Academy Operation Miami Beach. Yeah, that was on my next five, and Hangover Two, and Very mm-hmm. oh, Brady sequel. That kind and, of stuff. And I'll also I'll also throw in an honorable mention of Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah, that because, was in my there too. Because it was a vacation for Jason. I picture Jason standing there next to a suitcase holding up like two machetes, like which one should I bring? <laughs> <laughs> but at number five, I'll put Hotel Transylvania three, summer vacation. Okay. At number four, I will put Die Hard Two. At number three, I will put Home Alone 2. At number two, I've got Karate Kid 2. And number one is Spider-Man Far From Home. Excellent. Nice. I might have said that very loud. Excellent. Okay. Good list, everybody. Well, this is closing out the episode here. Uh, First of all, Matt, thank you for joining us. Of course. I hope hope it, uh, it made your day to talk about nerds with us. It did. And uh, also, thank you, Angus, who is currently scratching himself behind me. Yeah, we can. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was you scratching yourself. Yeah, Angus is my is my Scottish houseboy. <laughs> the, the chain you heard is not a collar. It's, he's chained to the wall. <laughs> if you guys need to contact us, you can check out all of our information at gibby5podcast.com or just listen to any other our other episodes for all of the contact information. But Really what we want you to do is to go on to whatever podcast provider you like and subscribe to us and give us a rating because that helps quite a bit. Also, guys, reach out, email us, let us know because we want you to
And now, Omar and Greg get carried away while talking about Motley Crue, Girls, Girls, Girls. Um, but it's just such a great week, really great summer for music. But if, and those of you that don't know, if you're not a Motley Crue fan or if you don't really know them that well, but you may have heard of them, Girls, Girls, Girls is like, I don't know if that or Dr. Feelgood is really like the quintessential album. But, well, but Girls, Girls, Girls yeah. really put them on the map. Um, that, that's what like broke them through to like... Well, I actually would say Dr. Feelgood. No, Home Sweet Home broke them through, but the rest of that album sucked because they were like on massive amounts of heroin. On which one? Uh, theater of Pain. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is... Oh, theater... Yes, Album-wise. Album-wise. Home Sweet Home did break them through. That's true. But Girls, Girls, Girls was when that's like, that was, to me, that was the stepping stone. Dr. Feelgood would have never happened without Girls, Girls, Girls. Up, up until Theater of Pain, they were a, they were a big, they were huge in their genre, but they weren't huge, in my opinion. Does that make sense? With Girls, Girls, yeah. Girls, they broke through. Like when Wildside and Girls, Girls, Girls came out, like those two songs broke them. And then, well, and then when, and then of course, Dr. Feelgood is like, that's when they, you know, that's their Metallica blackout, so to speak. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, yeah. But it's such a great Pro record. And I'm heavily produced. Heavily, yeah. Big budget. Because Girls, 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 the production on that is not great. If you listen back no. to it, it's very poorly produced. We have just segued into music. Mm. Okay. Uh, we'll move on. I'm I could <laughs> talk about Motley Crue for the next eight uh, Me hours, too. <laughs> but I'm not going to. 